What did he say? There's a guy in our quartet Talks like no one I've heard yet He mumbles, mumbles all the time He's got no reason and he's got no What did he say? You know, not gonna say so. What did he say? If I can go What did he say? He said, bring something round, we'll have a ball today. You are listening to the next voice you hear with Juan Yoon. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of The Next Voice You Hear. I'm one of your co-hosts, Juan Yoon. And I'm Nevin Ryan. Hello, humans. Hello, humans. So uh, today, we've got some fun things to, to, to talk about. You know, I got to say, you know, one of the things I really like about our podcast, Nevin, is that we don't really talk directly about current events, politics, things on our news feed. <laughs> Etc. And you know, we talk about cool stuff or weird stuff or or you know stuff that you wouldn't normally think about. Yeah, um, I'd say that's true. And we're not afraid to be silly or stupid, because I say you know if you don't have enough bad ideas, you don't have enough good ideas. Right? There you so, go. There you go. That's the premise of our entire yes. segment or one of our segments. Yes. So shall we get into cool hunting? Because I do have something cool to talk to you about. Yeah, we'll start off with cool hunting, and then we'll um, we'll actually switch the order today. Usually, we do bad ideas second, but we're going to do what if second, and then followed by bad ideas. But yes. the theme today is carbon. Ooh, carbon. carbon, carbon. You know the the one of the most common elements in the universe. It's an evil element. Um, <laughs> actually, it's a good element because we wouldn't exist. We are we are carbon units. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we are carbon compounds. You know, uh, apparently, the four basic elements that you need to create life forms are carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen, which happen to be the four most common elements in the universe because stars make those four elements in vast quantities. Isn't that interesting? So right there. Didn't but, know that. <laughs> Too much carbon in the atmosphere, of course, as we know, is not a good thing. But what I read recently is this article about how this um, architect and inventor in India has found a way to turn carbon emissions, to basically take carbon emissions from the air and turn them into tiles. In other words, turn them into stuff. And it's a significant that he's turned them into tiles because there's a housing development shortage in India. And so this is, this is actually solving two problems. It's removing carbon emissions from the atmosphere and producing uh, tiles made of carbon, which are perfectly good, in order to uh, build houses with. Yeah. So isn't that fascinating? Then I started reading about this whole idea. Uh, they call it direct air capture, meaning being able to capture carbon from the air directly i don't know how it's done but that's pretty freaking cool direct air capture it's pretty awesome like i i think um i, I watched that video you sent it to me before we recorded this and it was uh like the tiles that they created they got some some pretty tight designers doing that like i i actually wouldn't mind putting those tiles in my bathroom they're, yeah, they're, really, they're really nice, nice. Eh? 
Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, do they like, do they get like chalky? I, I, I don't know. Like, they, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, but it, it was a really cool, uh, an amazing idea. Yeah, and it is an definitely amazing solved idea. a huge social business business problem in India and like around the world. You know, and we do know that uh, that pure carbon, for example, can make um, make diamonds. So I would imagine that there is a way to create a molecular structure of carbon so that it is quite hard and smooth. But that I do not know. What I do know is that uh, there was a second article that we found, which is from National Geographic, about um, being able to do direct air capture of carbon and turn it into a fuel that doesn't uh, emit carbon. In other words, you're subtracting carbon from the atmosphere and using it as a sort of form of gasoline. Oh, so you and turn it into a liquid. Yes, apparently yeah. you can turn it, again, not an expert on it, but here, let me just read to you the first lines of the National Geographic article. A Harvard-affiliated Canadian company is what, making what? a liquid, yeah, yes, go Canada, is making a liquid <laughs> fuel that is carbon neutral, and they hope the economics will be in their favor. Imagine driving up to your local gas station and being able to choose between regular, premium, or carbon-free gasoline. The company is called Carbon Engineering, uh, and they're making, uh, it's a liquid Shit, fuel. <laughs> yeah, so I know. That's a, like, a really bad name. <laughs> they need to hire us to rename yeah, them. No, but, clearly the engineers named it. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's a potentially cost-effective way to take CO2 out of the atmosphere, uh, and it can create gasoline, diesel, or jet fuel that doesn't actually put CO2 back into the atmosphere. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Because like I heard that they can, well, I know that they could make uh, carbon emissions into liquid and then they do like carbon storing like deep into the ground. Yes. Um, and then they also, they have been kind of working with it to make like carbon composites that like they you use in like race cars or airplanes or bicycles that are like kind of an alternative metal that are a lot, mm. a lot lighter. And I even read someplace that they're turning into methanol, which you can use for um, like pharmaceuticals and perfumes because they can turn methanol into resins that stick things together essentially. Whoa, no kidding. Yeah, okay. so like you're, you're kind of combining it with other particles, other elements, and then you can just repurpose it. So it's just sustainability at, wow. uh, at its best. But well, anyways, okay. that's, that's five minutes. But wait, what, do you have well, anything? Well, the last thing I want to say is that uh, they say that uh, in theory, that a single full-scale plant for this carbon engineering company could capture 1 million tons of CO2 a year. A single plant. What? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's nuts. So there you go. So, so you yeah, go. We'll, put that, we'll put that link in our, in our show notes, but let's move on to the what if segment of our episode. Uh, and what is the what if one? What do we got here? Well, we're going to keep running with this theme. You know, what would happen to our society and to our individual behaviors if a carbon direct air capture machine were made available to the average consumer? So let's say it was affordable. You could have it in your house. You know how, how you know, some houses have a generator in case the power goes out. Yeah. So imagine if you could have a machine in your house. It's a direct air capture machine. And I'm going to add another what if to this. And what if you could attach it 
to or, or integrate it with a, a 3D printer. So that as you're capturing carbon from the atmosphere, you're turning it into stuff. In other words, you're, you're taking it from gas to solid. And therefore, you could create a raw material that is a carbon-based raw material and then print stuff with it. Not just tiles, like the guy in India is, is doing, but just about anything. Oh, so we're getting into the replicator. Yeah. From exactly. the last episode. Okay. okay. Right? Is that... always trying always trying to fit a little Star Trek in, in our episodes here. <laughs> so if you had something like that available, widely available in people's homes, mm. and you just start to imagine how it would change people's behaviors, including uh, purchase behaviors, you know, um, what you would throw away. I think it would have a massive impact. In other words, in some ways, I think we would go back to our roots as a human species of being makers. Like one of the things that kind of, yeah. you know, um, I, I wouldn't say bothers me, but it's an itch I can't scratch as a person who does, um, who's a knowledge-based worker, to use that term, right? Like I, I, you and I work in the space of ideas, right? Concepts, ideas, messages, communication. It's all fairly abstract, but I do not know how to fix a toaster or make a chair, right? Yeah. I, can't even, I can't even put an Ikea thing together. I certainly wouldn't know how to make a fire or build a house in the woods if, you know, with tools. But I believe that if we had like direct air capture machines and 3D printers, we would in some ways go back to being a high tech, higher tech version of a maker society. Like a lot of us would start really becoming make, because you could make things now. You might not literally make them with your hands, but you <laughs> yeah. would be designing and making things. Yeah. I think, no, I, I know I, you definitely, I think you hit it on the, on the head there, but you would see a lot of, <laughs> I, for, like obviously I'm bringing this back to marketing, but you'd see a lot of like, mom and pop shops <laughs> like i think you'd see a mm. lot of, of like family-owned brands kind of resurging and in sticking it to walmart i think you the diyer is just now equipped with everything they need to mm -hmm. be so self-sufficient yeah um, and you're completely right where it's going to be like the the era of the of the maker or of the diyer um so yeah, for, so, for sure. so, so let's just really think about this for a moment and, and let's open up our imaginations. Imagine if you could make things large and small. So on the smaller end, you could make potentially things like, I don't know, bowls and pottery and you know, stuff like that, right? So that, that's the arts and crafts ends. So any yeah. number of things that it's in your house that you would be buying normally from, I don't know, Target I, or- Ikea. Done. Ikea, et cetera. You could make furniture which would take a bit more skill, but it would be easier to make furniture. And what if in fact you could replace a lot of lumber or lumber-based things with printing you know, blocks of carbon? I wonder if it would even reduce our consumption of lumber Yeah. as well, right? Plastic maybe too. Definitely, you know, plastic. Uh, maybe it would have an impact on including reducing our use of single-use things, right? Not just plastics, but, you know, we are a single-use society. We are a disposable society. And here, yeah. you know, you would make stuff, you know, and now it would generate its own problems as in, 
people still like to throw shit out. So how would you throw out, dispose of safely, carbon <laughs> or sustainably carbon-based stuff that we make? What if, you know, we were millions should of light us it, light it, you, should, you should light it on fire. <laughs> yes, and put it right back into the atmosphere. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it's, I think it definitely will do all those things. I'm getting some commie vibes from this. Like, I feel like it's really <laughs> leveling the playing field on a lot of fronts. But yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think I'll do that. We are at five minutes. All right. Well, there's a little uh, what so if for you. That's a what if for you. And okay. then we're going to move into bad ideas. And so do you want me to take the bad ideas? I think I got it right here. Yeah. So just kind of building up on what we've been talking about, how would you rename the direct direct air capture machine so that it becomes popular? Basically, how would you make this name not so shitty? <laughs> well, you know, direct air capture machine is it's clumsy, but it is literal. Like it's, it's descriptive. Specific. <laughs> yeah, it's descriptive. like it does tell you what it is. Yeah. It, no. It's like it's like a it's a name that what it's a it's what I would call a how name, because it it literally tells you how it works, meaning direct air capture <laughs> machine. But it's such an awful name. So okay, yeah, no. I, I don't know if you have any ideas, but no, generally I, speaking, with things like this, either you give it a um, let's call it a Star Trek thing, like the blankety blank, the, the replicator, right? Yeah, the Terminator. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 3000. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, or you could do the thing where you give it a cute name, like you're naming a dog, or you know how like Alexa and, and all these things. They're just like, they're <laughs> you literally could, you a could humanize name. it. Yeah, yeah, you could humanize it. Or you could actually make it a deity. So like you could kind of go into like more names like creators like brahma called the yahweh 3000 oh yeah or the yahweh 3000 that's funny or like you know vulcan and i don't mean vulcan from star trek but like the god of the forge sure. okay you know, i don't know i don't know the god of the forge that's where the the word volcano comes from he's the roman god oh. of the forge so he would make weapons and tools i like that in his forge, i like that one the vulcan you could also do like because it is a bit like magic. If we're get, if we're sticking with the Yahweh and the true the, the religious stuff, you could. I in my mind went immediately to um, you know that no, it went to like you know when Jesus turns water into wine, like the wedding at Cana. You could just call it the Cana. Oh my God, Cana <laughs> for that's, all your needs. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, or you, you know could, like yeah, go ahead. There's. Uh, a lot of stories from the Ayurvedic tradition in, in India uh, of yogis and swamis who are particularly gifted you know, or had done years of training and meditation who could materialize objects from thin air. And there are a lot of recorded stories of this. Oh. They'd be sitting in front of you and they would say, what do you want to eat? And you would say, I'd like a pineapple. And they would literally materialize a, a pineapple and, and hand it to you. Now, whether they were materializing up thin air or they were actually teleporting it from some other place, we don't really know what the hell they were doing, if you believe these stories. Oh, but, I like that. Yeah, I think you could call it the yogi, mm -hmm. the swami. What's the famous it? yogi guy that, that did the, uh, <laughs> the, the sweat yoga in Los Angeles? What's his name? Fuck, I can't remember his name. 
No, you probably don't. There's a whole, there's a whole documentary. <laughs> he wore the short shorts. Anyways. Yeah. That's one. Yes. You could go like kind of scientific, like think of like the periodic table. So like the letter C, the number on of carbon is, um, what is it looking it up? Uh, maybe it's, it's like five or six on the PRI. So you could play like, when is it a solid at what temperature? If you look that up, it's like, oh, a, right. so it's like a C, C620, the C620. So it's 20 degrees when it's solid six on the, the PR scale. Like you could do something like that. Yeah. I, I think uh, what, what would make me very happy is if it had a name like R2D2. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of getting at. And yeah, it yeah, kind yeah. of, looked like r2d2 <laughs> you know r2d2 is this very pleasing sort of round cylindrical sort of best shape robot ever designed best robot like ever yes yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> and I'm, a huge, I'm a huge star wars fan and and it, he's actually the only character that runs through every single movie and every single era yeah uh, of star wars he appears and, and a lot of people uh, are now are arguing that in fact the heroes of the entire Star Wars oh, universe are, are C-3PO. Fuck yeah. The droid, C-3PO and R2-D2. So anyway, I think we, it should look and sound like R2-D2. I think yeah. that would be super fun. And, and like, you would, could definitely do like a design like that plays with, like, you know, like the crystal structures of all of the PRI elements, I think. Oh yeah, in terms of the, the design and even patterns. Yeah, that's how I was doing. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna, anyway. Super cool. Well, that's, right. that's definitely five minutes. So that, that basically caps off. I, I really don't even know what episode this is. So I'm not going to pretend <laughs> like I know what it is. But uh, I'm Nevin Ryan. I'm Juan Yoon. You've been listening to The Next Voice You Hear. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us.